Good morning. Time for the farm show here at the Shank of the Day on Wax 104.5. As Jill and Krista and myself, Bob Bosol, bring you the news in agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. We've got markets, 13 first alert weather. We'll look at all kinds of calendar items and what's going on in the world of agriculture. Again, it's time for the farm show on Wax 104.5. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Ho, ho, ho. That'll be the next we hear. Snow on the ground, but it won't last. As we look at the weather this morning, yeah, Bob Jill is again down in the uh, Indianapolis area for the FFA National Convention. I believe this is, what, 96, 96 National FFA Convention. Yeah, officially gets underway today down in Indianapolis, November 1st through the 4th. And she'll keep us updated on uh, some of the kids and what they're doing, the young people down there. And also uh, other activities. We'll hear about uh, some of the things she ran into yesterday, so we'll get you updated on that. We're also going to take a look this morning at what uh, Brad Matson thinks from Allied Co-op as far as what he's seeing as far as the crops are concerned. And uh, FFA, yeah, getting down into the 5th and 6th grades now. So, again, we'll get an update on that as well. And our programs with the FFA, again, brought to you by some of the good financial institutions around our area. Citizen State Bank and Loyal Financing, Wisconsin's Agriculture. Also, uh, Ag Country, Farm Credit Services, Compere Financial Services, some of the good folks that are uh, sponsoring Jill down in Indianapolis. So we'll get caught up with that. Also, the Crop Progress Report, uh, we touched on it yesterday. We'll go a little more in-depth and no rush because we weren't doing much harvesting yesterday. Anyway, President Biden is going to be in Minnesota today. He's going to announce over $5 billion in support for rural communities during uh, Investing in Rural America event series today, he was going to be in Northfield, Minnesota. And he's going to talk about uh, what the Biden administration is doing for rural America. The president will announce over $5 billion in new investments from his Investing in America agenda, including the bipartisan infrastructure law and the Inflation Reduction Act uh, to advance Rural prosperity. So the president will be out here. I hope he, uh, well, it's warming up a little bit, so it wouldn't be too bad, but he'll get his first look at uh, at snow. And also uh, on the state level, a couple of elected state officials are going to be down in Viroqua today to introduce the uh, agricultural bill package. And uh, that's State Senator Brad Paff and also uh, the uh, representative, David Considine going to be down there in Viroqua later on this morning to uh, talk about that. So that's coming up. Also, we've got weather that will tell you it's warming up a little bit, so I don't think the snow is going to be on the ground. I was glad to see so many kids out and about last night. They got their parents out of the house for trick-or-treating, and it actually turned out to be a pretty nice evening. The winds died down, and it was uh, it was good fun. I talked to a lot of guys. One one little guy, about four four years old, came up to my house, and, and uh, he was with his mom. And I said, oh, look at here, Spider-Woman. He looked at me and he said, I'm Spider-Man. 
<laughs> he was offended that I called him Spider Woman. And I said, what's your name? He gave me his full name. And uh, so we uh, we had quite a little conversation with that guy. But uh, I'm Spider Man, not Spider Woman. I told him my name. He says, I know you. You're on TV. <laughs> Four years old. These kids are sharp out there, so it's great fun. And if you're one of those that turns, I know out in the country you don't get a lot of people, but if uh, you're in town and you're one of those that turns your lights off, shame on you. Because, uh, again, the, the kids are a lot of fun, and they were out last evening, and it was, uh, I always enjoy getting involved in Halloween. It's a lot of fun. Kids get a lot of candy, and yeah, that's a good thing. You always tell when you go to the dentist's house, they give you a toothbrush. Also, uh, don't forget this weekend. It's a big weekend. My birthday this weekend. But the main thing is daylight saving time. We leave it Saturday night into Sunday morning. We uh, flip the clocks back. So, again, that is Saturday night. So, lots to talk about this morning as far as the crops are concerned. And as far as what's going on with some of the legislation around the state, also a reminder this morning, and it's not like you got to do this today or tomorrow, but if your farm or your home has been in the family for at least 150 or 100 years, rather, now is the time to apply for a century award from the Wisconsin State Fair. They give awards for 100 years plus and then 150 years plus the sesquicentennial celebration. So again, 100. Anything over 100, you get you know you get an award. But you get 150, then you get the sesquicentennial award. And applications aren't due until March 1st. But again, if uh, your farm or your home has been in the family, even if you're not living there, but somebody is and it's been there, get the application, fill it out. Then you can go to the state fair. You get a special entry into the state fair, and the state fair will run in 2024 from August 1st through the 11th. The Century and Sesquicentennial Awards will be presented at the fair on Tuesday, August 6th. And I was down there one year, and it was it was great fun to watch the people. You know, it's a sense of pride to be able to uh, have that in your family for over 100 years and over 150 years. I know when we were over at uh, Marshfield earlier this fall in September, for the Rural Life Day for the uh, Diocese of La Crosse, they had all the century farms and over stand up. And the last one sat down at 154 years. That's an accomplishment. So, again, think about that uh, if your family or even just your home. You know, it doesn't have to be a farm. Just your home has been in the same family for over 100 years. You're eligible for a Centennial Award as well at the Wisconsin State Fair. So, again... Get those applications. You can do that by down by going online to the Wisconsin State Fair and find Century Awards and uh, fill it out and get it in. Doesn't have to be in until next March first, but uh, we have a tendency to procrastinate once in a while. All right, lots to do. We're going to talk about uh, the weather calendar. We got a rainfall report card from the Coleman's Burgers boys over there in uh, Loyal and Greg and Dan. Coleman's Burgers Farm outside of Loyal, they got to end up the uh, topsoil moisture charts are getting back to where we need them to be. But the Coleman's Burgers over in Loyal got 5.8 inches of rain in October and around 3 inches of snow. And uh, this was uh, typical October, I guess. The high day, the high temperature was 85 on October 1st. 
The low is 17 degrees. That was yesterday on October 31st. And they said their corn is still in the field because of wet field conditions and the corn being uh, too moist to combine. And they say Delta, they'll get it off before deer hunting. It may just stay out there until spring. Those 365-day varieties, you never know. But again, yeah, moisture is running still well into the 20% as far as soil, or as far as whole plant moisture and as far as the years are concerned. That corn is still uh, kind of wet out there, but lots of it coming off. Hopefully, we don't have a lot of corn standing over the deer season because that's never good for a lot of reasons. All right, weather. Well, the good thing is the snow is over, at least for now, and it's warming up. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Weather's going to be warming up a little bit, so I would expect uh, most of that snow will be gone. I think if you're going out bow hunting this morning, you should still have some good ground cover out there to, to see the critters. Clouding up today, 38 for the high, 22 tonight. And then on Thursday, partly cloudy. We'll get back into the 40s now, Thursday all the way into next week. 42 tomorrow, 47. I don't think any more... Chances of much precipitation, maybe on Sunday a little bit, but uh, 42 on Thursday, 47 on Friday, Saturday, 46, Sunday, 45. Monday, cloudy, kind of a cool day, and 40 degrees around the area. And uh, we've got 19 degrees right now in the valley. For those who work in acres... Not an hour. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Again, that snow that's on the ground probably not going to last real long. I mean, it's not going to melt right now, but 38 today and cloudy and then into the 40s uh, through the weekend. Not much more precipitation either. A cloudy day today and, and again, some uh, breeze picking up and uh, that does make a difference, doesn't it? 38 and cloudy today, 42 tomorrow, 47 on Friday, Saturday, 46. Sunday, probably the next chance of any precipitation, a slight chance, but the high is going to be 45. And then on Monday, just cloudy and 40. It's cool around the area right now. Hayward's 10, Tomahawk's at 9. Rice Lake, 16, is 15 in Medford, 19 at Wausau and Marshfield. Green Bay at 24, it's 26 in the Madison Sun Prairie area. Milwaukee at 29, and it's 19. Degrees right now in the Chippewa Valley. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And taking a look at our markets, courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance, cash livestock trade uh, so far this week. Choice fed beef steers trading 173 to 185. The mixed steers 172 and down. Choice fed beef heifers 173 to 183. Mixed heifers 140 to 172. The finished dairy cross steers and heifers 180 and down. Choice fed Holstein steers 154 to 164. Select and silage fed 89 to 153. The cows 74 to 94, topping 119. The bulls 90 to 125. Taking a look at the uh, lamb trade so far this week. New crop market lambs 170 to 190, feeder lambs 90 to 215, the ewes 47 to 117, small goats 5 up to $160, medium goats 50 to 250, large goats 115 to $400, nanny goats 5 to 250, and we'll get some hog numbers for you tomorrow. Mercantile Exchange cattle prices. Well, they were higher yesterday on the Merck, and so were hog prices. December live cattle, 183.55. That was up 30 cents. February, 184.62, up 65. And April, at 186.67, up 95. 
Feeder cattle for November, 237.70, closing two cents higher. January at 237.20, up 32. March, 239.75, that was up 37. April at 243.52, up 35. May feeder cattle also up 35 cents at 246.95. Lean hog carcass contracts, they were higher. December closed 71.72, up 55. February, that was up a half a dollar, closing 74.87. The April contract at 80.20, up 52. And May hogs, 85.95, that was up 75. Board of Trade yesterday, corn and beans were slightly higher, not much to move the markets. Wheat was down, lowest prices in two years, as the winter wheat crop is really off to a good start. Overnight, December corn a fraction higher, sitting at 479 this morning. The oats down 3 at 386. December wheat up 2 at uh, 558 after the big drop yesterday. And soybeans for March down 2 cents overnight, 1322. And meal down a dollar a ton for December. $430 even. Barrel cheese up a half a cent, 165 and a half. Blocks lost three cents to 168 and a half. Butter down two cents, 328. October class three up a penny yesterday, 1687. Later on today, we'll get the official October class three price, but came off the board at 1687. November down a dime at 1719. December down 13 at 1705. January and February. Both down eleven cents. January seventeen thirty-two. February at seventeen seventy-one. How are the crops looking? How they've been looking? We're going to get a hold of Brad Matson over at uh, Allied uh, Cooperative. As a member, Allied and Provision Partners emerged. They're all together now as Allied Co-op, and we'll talk to Brad next. Wax one hundred four point five and the Midwest Farm Report. Not many combines moving right now because of snow and wet weather, but uh, a lot of them have been moving. Let's talk to Brad Matson, who is the technology manager with Allied Cooperative, uh, leading that uh, agronomy department and other areas there with Allied. And uh, Brad, before the combines got stopped by Mother Nature here for the next uh, maybe day or two or three or four, whatever, you saw some uh, pretty good yields out there, or did you see some challenging yields? What have you seen so far? Well, that's exactly it, Bob. It's, uh, variability is the key word of the of this fall. Uh, depending on whatever the factors you are, we've seen some phenomenal yields, and we've seen some very bad yields. So, Any trends you've seen there as far as heavy ground, lighter ground, hilly ground, irrigated ground, uh, what have been the variables? Well, definitely water played a big portion into it, um, where you had a little better water holding capacity. Uh, yields are doing phenomenally well. Irrigated ground is doing phenomenally well. We had a lot of sunlight this year, so that really stoked the fuel for these plants. If you had water and they had the other nutrients, they have seen some of the highest yields we've seen in years, and in a year that just makes your head scratch. That's the big thing to ask yourself this year is why, because what variable is causing that, because you can see some fields you're, you're going to do well over 200 bushels and some will be closer to 100 bushels. Is it just a soil type? Is it fertility? Is it variety? Those types of things. That's what we're busy at looking at right now is what is causing the variability because this is going to be a, I look at this as a fantastic year as far as analyzing some of the holes in some of your fields or farms and those types of things. And could it be fertility? Could it be the variety you chose? Could it be Rip depth, all those things. There's so many factors going into it, and uh, it gives us an opportunity to really try to figure out the reason why 
and uh, help you move your yields to a higher level in the future or weatherproof it even better in the future. Are you going to have all this figured out by next spring when it comes to be planting time again? Because you just talked about a lot of things to try and figure out. It's a lot of stuff. And, you know, we have software programs that help us analyze some of these things. And uh, But it's it's really easy in this industry to, oh, I love it's too hot, too wet, too dry, those types of things. But, you really you know, you can never fix a problem until you know what the problem is. With the tools that we have available, with the training the agronomists have, those types of things, we, we're better apt to help you figure out what is the why behind it. Doing that, that's going to help you leapfrog your yields and weatherproof this crop in coming years. Does that also help make suggestions for variety selection? Because, uh, you know, some of these places where we saw some of these fantastic yields, genetics and seed improvement has been phenomenal, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you've got these varieties that perform really well when it's optimal, but in the same field, they've just fell apart. So you really want to go with that type of a racehorse variety or look at a more defensive variety that's going to give you a a higher overall average through the whole field. And so, again, is it just a variety or is it something else that caused that? So that's why you have to determine that because you could be making, well, I'm going to just switch varieties because, yeah, I hit... 270 bushels on part of the field, but 125 on the other part. But is it the variety, or is it something in that soil? Are you lower on potash in that area? Are you, you know, that's where this uh, accurate soil testing becomes really important and finding out really what is the culprit, or is it a multitude of culprits? It's usually never one thing. It's always a two or three things to combine together that gives you something between a, a success and a train wreck. And I talked to a farmer the other day. He was on the combine. I stopped visiting him. He said on some of the sand and says, one of the things we did this year, we put a, a root enhancer on a corn. He said, you can't believe how that enhanced the roots. And uh, really, he thought that made a big difference as far as being able to get some good yields on some drier ground. Yeah, I've had another customer have the same kind of experience and some very light ground, minimal rain, and seen some of his best yields ever. And uh, that was one of the things they added this year. And if you think about it, if you don't have that root going out there and extracting all the, and moving through that soil, extracting the nutrients, extracting the water, you're always putting yourself behind. So we're, we're always digging up plants, looking at that root system, making sure that that is going as deep as we can and going out as far as we can because that is really key. There's no question about it. And the harvest is not over yet. And we've got a little ways to go. We've probably still got a fair amount of soybeans to try to sneak off here. Mother Nature will cooperate and give us a few nice days and uh, quite a bit of corn, but the corn's really been coming off fast in the last four or five days. It certainly has. A little slow down now with the snow, but uh, it'll get back to it. we got good weather our way. Brad, thanks for the update this morning. You betcha. Don't eat too much of your candy now that you got <laughs> the other night. We'll try not to. Brad Matson, who is the technology manager with Allied Cooperative. I'm Bob Bosold. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, how are the crops coming off the field? We've got the uh, latest crop progress report to look at as we look at that. And other farm news this morning here on Wax. 17 minutes after 5, 19 degrees. We'll get about 38 today. We'll look at that farm news, the crop report, all next on Wax. Keeping it rural. 
Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And as we take a look at our news, courtesy of Chili Implement, our new snow has stopped the harvest for a few days around here, but before that happened, state farmers had been able to get 35% of their corn for grain off. Same pace as last year, but about three days behind the average of the past few years. That harvested corn continues to average about 23% moisture and is rated 54% in good to excellent condition. Farmers have also been able to take off 77% of their soybeans five days behind last year, but two days ahead of our five-year average. This week's crop progress report also shows 93% of the winter wheat has been planted, 72% of the crop has emerged, and that crop, winter wheat, rated 65% good to excellent. Potato growers have dug 97% of their fall crop, while farmers have also gotten 36% of their fall tillage finished. Topsoil moisture continues to improve as we get closer to freeze-up, as it's now rated 87% adequate to surplus, 10% short, just 3% very short. That's mainly in central and south-central parts of the state. Nationally, 71% of the corn is off, a jump of 12% from a week ago. That's about 3% behind last year, but 5% ahead of the five-year average. Illinois farmers, 81% done with corn. Iowa, 77%. Soybean harvest jumped 9% last week. 85% of the nation's soybeans are now in the bin. That's a couple days behind last year, but well ahead of uh, last year's pace of 87%. And uh, that's for the end of October. Farmers across the country have also gotten 84% of their winter wheat planted. 64% of that crop has emerged. And coming up, we're going to find out about uh, 5th and 6th grade FFA at one of the FFA chapter's around the state of Wisconsin, as this is National FFA Week. As far as the kids are concerned, they're all down in Indianapolis, so we'll get caught up on FFA. Coming up here on Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. For 35 years, 7th and 8th grade students have been allowed to join FFA. Now, 5th and 6th grade students are able to participate This is providing agriculture teachers the opportunity to decide how to involve those students in both agriculture classes and FFA. Coming to you from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Nate Zimdar speaking with Emma Huber, the middle school agri-science teacher in Portage, and she is currently teaching 6th grade students. Huber shares how she presents agriculture to these new students and what FFA opportunities are available to them. Emma, how is the curriculum different for middle school members versus high school members? Are there more course options than an introduction to agriculture? At Bartles Middle School in Portage, where I teach, I teach 6th grade agri-science, 7th grade agri-science, and 8th grade agri-science. And each of those classes are essentially an exploratory, which is really beneficial for middle school students because they get to explore each of the different pathways of agriculture. So my sixth grade classes, they get to look at plants, animals, natural resources, and foods. My seventh grade students get to look more into animals, so they do both large and small animals units, plant science, natural resources, and then an egg technology unit. And then my eighth grade students, they have me for a longer period of time, and they get to focus on our aquaponics system, some history of agriculture. They grow gardens in our classroom, and then they also get to do like a food processing and animal science unit. So instead of being specific classes, like an entire semester on plant science, they get to see everything within each of their classes, and then they just build upon each other. So by the time they go to the high school, they have a better idea about the classes that they want to focus in on. 
Are these year-long courses, or is it just a semester course? So my 6th and 7th grade classes are only 9 weeks, so a quarter in length. And then my 8th grade class is a semester, 18 weeks. So the idea is that those 6th grade members, if they take this introduction course, then the logical next step, if they're still interested in agriculture, would be to go take the courses you offer 7th grade and then on to 8th grade, right? That's kind of the idea? Yeah, correct. At my school, 6th and 7th grade agriculture are part of rotation, so every student takes my class. So I see every single 6th and 7th grader, and then the 8th graders, they get to choose their electives because they take up more of their time in their schedule. And I have about half of the 8th graders at our school. And this is the first year that 6th graders are allowed to be both taking agriculture courses and be FFA members. How has that been like for you, introducing those 6th graders to agriculture and FFA? So we've actually had agriculture in sixth grade imported here for the last few years. And a lot of schools have been doing that. They just haven't been able to have them as official FFA members. So my students are so excited. And the students that are in seventh grade this year that weren't allowed to be official members last year, they're very jealous of them. We just went to fall leadership workshop. We took 40-ish students and probably a quarter of them were sixth graders that were just excited to be able to go. It fills my cup because I don't have to tell them you're not allowed to do this. Because in previous years, we would allow sixth grade members to be local members and just do things within our community, like volunteering and like chapter events. But now, hopefully, I'll be able to say, yeah, and you can go to this leadership conference. I'll be able to have students that will be on CDE teams or doing quiz bowl contests this spring. So I'm excited to not have to tell them no, and they're responding to it immediately. Middle schoolers are so excited about things, and theoretically, they have a lot less on their plates than high schoolers. So getting them excited about FFA and agri-science when they're in younger grades hopefully holds true through the high school. And can you walk me through how you go about introducing the FFA portion of things to those middle school members who are new to agricultural education courses? In my school, at our first day of school, we have just the sixth graders. And I had a couple of my active middle school members from last year come and give a little speech about what FFA is. And they explained that it's a youth leadership organization for students who like agriculture. And they shared a couple of the events that we did. And then students that either showed interest from that or show interest from when we talk about FFA in class. They can sign up to join, and since I see every single sixth grader, theoretically, every single sixth grader could be an FSA member. Same is true with seventh. We're lucky that we're able to have our monthly meetings during the school day, during our homeroom, so that it doesn't have any barriers there with students being able to be active in our club. Once we talk about like what FFA is and the amount of students that are interested in plants, animals, etc., they find their niche. They find comfort in being able to be a part of a club that is with students who have similar interests with them. And I had someone tell me this. They didn't know if they were going to be able to be very active in FFA now that they're in eighth grade because they're a three-sport athlete. And I shared some of the high school officers' schedules with them about how they worked part-time jobs and they're athletes and they're still really active and I think it's just neat that we can see students that have all sorts of different interests but they share the common interest of enjoying agriculture all find their place within FFA. Is there a lot of separation between those middle school FFA members and high school FFA members? How often are you guys doing activities together? I think some schools might have a separation. In my experience I've tried to bring them together So in Portage, we have lots of events where we have everyone together. For example, we had a back-to-school picnic where everyone was there with their families. We had fall leadership workshops, and we took basically 50-50 of middle school and high schoolers with us. And then we had our homecoming parade in the same 
it's true again. We had about 50-50 with the middle schooler and high schoolers that helped put together and walked with our float. We're doing most of the things together, which is cool. We do have some things, so we're going to carve pumpkins coming up, and that's going to be just a middle school event. But I would say for the most part, especially things that are happening right within our community, we're doing them 100% blended. What kind of events or activities won't they be able to take advantage of until they're in high school? A lot of the times it's going to be just things when we have like a cap limit on them. And so we're giving those experiences just to the high schoolers. With the middle schoolers, I look forward to it. National convention, that'll be just for high schoolers in our chapter. The caveat to that is if we ever had a middle schooler participate in Agri Science Fair and qualify, they would be able to go to national convention. There's leadership conferences the beginning of November called Mission and Impact, and that's just for high schoolers. So mission is for ninth and 10th graders and impact is for 11th and 12th graders. But then the same is true opposite. So like fire conference, and that's just for sixth through ninth graders. So all of those upperclassmen at the high school, they won't be able to attend. Can you tell me about the number of active sixth graders that you have right now? We have about 120 kids in a graduating class, and I would bet already I have at least 50 sixth-grade FFA members signed up for this year, and we're only a month into school. Fifth-grade members are also now allowed to participate in agriculture classes and FFA. Do you have any plans on offering any agricultural education classes to fifth-grade members in the future, or at least allowing them to be part of FFA? So in order to be an FFA member, a national FFA member, you have to have an agriculture class. And in Portage, it's not going to happen anytime soon just because we have a in-town elementary, but then we also have two rural elementaries. And it would be pretty impossible with my current schedule for me to be able to add traveling to those schools in order to offer agri-science for them. Something that some schools are looking into is they're having essentially like an agri-science class that's just offered like one day a month or one day a week, whatever works for their teacher's schedule. And essentially that would happen during like homeroom time at the elementary school. So they would go out sometimes with their FFA officers and they would do a lesson for the fifth grade students or even other elementary students. And then those students who would be in fifth grade, that would count as their agri-science class and then they would be able to be enrolled in FFA as well. And again... Fifth and sixth grade FFA, it's here. And again, teachers, egg teachers, there's only one at a school, and you start fifth grade all the way up through seniors. You're working with a lot of kids in that school district, so uh, make sure you support them. And a lot of them are down in Indianapolis right now for the FFA convention. We'll hear from Jill in a little while. We're going to hear from Rocky, though, next over at Premier Livestock in Withy. Hopefully, he got shoveled out. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get over to Premier Livestock in with you. Rocky Olson is with us. Uh, going out on a deer stand today to take advantage of that snow? No, I just won't have time. So. Oh, that's, my a, life. that's a shame. you got to plan a little better than that. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but uh, just a ground cover over in Lublin? Yep, just enough to say it's white out. But yep, uh, wow. I don't know. Yesterday, I mean, a lot melted. But yesterday, I mean, Westmont had two, two and a half inches on the ground. Yeah, it, and the wind blowing, it was kind of cold out there yesterday, that's for sure. But it's getting better. It's warming up. And uh, you've got a busy week here. And uh, we're, uh, what is today? Wednesday already. What's going to happen the first couple of days? All right. Thank you.
you, Bob. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, this is how the week is shaping up so far here at Premier Livestock. Fed cattle trading steady. High choice and prime Holstein steers from 155 to 164. Uh, selects and low choice from 140 to 154. Choice beef steers and heifers up to $1.75. Market cows high yielding from 105 to 123. Many from 80 to 104. High yielding market bulls from 105 to 126. Certified organic market cows sold on Mondays, mostly from $1.15 to $1.55. Newborn Holstein bull calves, mostly from 200 to 420 per head. Beef cross calves, 300 to 660. Holstein heifer calves, up to 200. Uh, today, Wednesday, we got our hay auction at 930. Uh, got a lot of hay, a lot of bedding here, guys. Uh, excellent demand if you got some to bring. Uh, we're taking hay six days a week. Uh, dairy cattle auction today, big dairy cattle auction. We got three complete herd dispersals. All the herds today are going to be tie stall cows, uh, two herds of Holsteins, one herd's going to be Holsteins and crossbreds. Several loads of fresh parlor freestall cows, a nice run of springing heifers. Uh, if you're looking for some bulls, we got some nice registered Holstein bulls, and we got a couple really, really nice registered uh, deep pedigree Jersey bulls. So see a full list at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Questions, give us a call at Premier 715-229-2500 this Friday. Uh, that's going to be our large farm machinery auction. We're going to be selling at 9 o'clock a.m. Uh, we're going to have three rings all day. We're going to have the offline ring at 9 o'clock, the two online rings at 9.30. Uh, obviously, we got in-person bidding. we got online bidding through equipmentfacts.com. If you guys do want to get registered uh, to bid online, make sure you do that in advance here. Do it today. Do it tomorrow so you're up and ready. Um, like I say, if you want to see all the pictures of the machinery that is online, you can go to equipmentfacts.com. Link to that on our website. Uh, like I said, any questions, give us a call anytime, 715 715- Two two nine twenty five hundred. 2500 Just mentioned, too, if you, uh, you're you not an Internet-type person, you don't want to bid online, you can't make the sale, you can and leave a bid with us at Premier. So come on down, test out the equipment. We want you inspecting the stuff before you buy it. And that's the way things are shaping up at Premier, Bob. Would you tell me how many about how many tractors are on the line? Around lot? 40. Around 40, okay. And uh, lots of other stuff as well. So. Oh, yeah. Busy yep, yep. place. All right, Rocky, we'll uh, catch up with you again in the morning. Have a great day. There he goes. That's Rocky Olson over there at Premier Livestock in the Withy area. And uh, Mr. Dandry is going to join us for 13 First Alert Weather. Coming up on WAC. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's check our 13 first alert weather. Mike Dandria is with us. Morning, Mike. Mike's supposed to be with us, but uh, we'll find out. I think he uh, should be in the weather room. I don't know if uh, he's twisted the wrong button or if I did. But, uh, Michael, my boy, are you there? I can hear him. Hi. There you go. There you go. Either you're early or I'm late or both. Well, combination. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, i tell you, it was good to see at my house here in town, a lot of kids were out for Valentine's (laughs) Day, for for Halloween, and a lot of parents were out. It turned out to be a nice night. The wind stopped blowing, and it was actually a pretty nice night. Yeah, you know, it was, uh, as far as our trick-or-treaters are concerned, we didn't have a lot in the very beginning, but it seemed like, because we had five to seven in Chippewa Falls, 
And uh, then it was about six, about ten after six is when they all started showing up. And, yeah, they came in droves last night. It was like, uh, wow. What was the neatest costume? Uh, there was one that uh, it was like an alien that was, it looked like the alien was piggybacking mm-hmm. on a guy in a spacesuit. And I was like, okay, that is pretty cute and clever. <laughs> <laughs> I had one in action. I got to do a double take because they they did their own makeup and they came as kind of a, I don't know, a skeleton monster or whatever it was. And I said, holy man, that looks really authentic. So uh, <laughs> so they they worked at it, and it was fun. I had a lot of fun with the kids. That's what I called as I was talking earlier. I had one little guy about four years old came up, and I said, uh, well, look at here, Spider-Woman. He looked at me, he said, I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> so I got corrected in a hurry, but the uh, <laughs> kids were fun last night. Hopefully everybody enjoyed it, and it wasn't all that bad. And going forward, it's going to even get a little better. Yeah, for the time being, we'll have uh, highs today in the upper 30s. We'll have a little bit of a southwest wind, but cloud cover going to dominate for most of the day. Later on tonight, becoming mostly clear, briefly anyways, as we dip to the low to mid-20s for our low. So it is going to be another cold start to tomorrow morning. But by Thursday, mostly sunny, back to the low 40s. Thursday night brings more clouds, and that'll keep us warmer Thursday night as we only dip to the upper 20s and low 30s. Friday, cloud cover hangs around, but it'll still be a warm one, getting in the mid to even upper 40s for our highs. Now, Saturday and Sunday bring us a slight chance at some showers with the best chance coming Sunday night. Our highs through the weekend, mostly in the mid 40s. Now, Monday, we do start to cool it back down a bit with a chance at some showers, maybe even a few snowflakes mixing in with that as we dip to the low 30s Monday night. And for Tuesday, back to the upper 30s for our highs. So we're cooling it right back down. But right now, we have a mostly clear sky, cloud cover encroaching on us from the west, and a temperature of 20 degrees in Eau Claire. Oh, very pleasant 20 degrees. Ah, yeah, very pleasant. But, Bob, now here's a word of advice next time around where if you have a Spider-Man or potentially Spider-Woman, if you think it's Spider-Woman, say Spider-Ma'am with an <laughs> M at the end. That way, if they correct you on it, say, no, that's what I said. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, well, they corrected me in uncertain terms yesterday, that little guy, <laughs> that's for sure. Hey, is it going to be windy today at all? Uh, a little bit of a breeze is okay. possible, yeah. All right. Thank you, sir. You bet. Have a good one. There you go. Mike Dandry over at 13. First alert weather as we look at our weather and news and a whole lot of stuff here on Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Let's see, what time is it? Uh, 21 minutes before 6 o'clock, if I uh, figure that out. Let's go to the newsroom. Morgan McCarthy is with us. Morning, Morgan. Hey, good morning. You're supposed to take your mask off. <laughs> What's with that? Trick-or-treating's over, uh, Bob. I know it, but uh, it works so well that I just like to leave it this way. Hey, I was just dressed up as a handsome devil, Oh, aren't you? boy, yeah, that's right. I was doing uh, my TV cut-in earlier this morning, yep. and we got into the discussion of uh, how old we were when we had our first girlfriend or boyfriend. Oh, geez. So how old were you when you started breaking the boys' hearts in Boysville? I'm still waiting. Don't give me that. <laughs> um, I know better. I know boys in Boysville, so I don't... I think you either I, tell me the truth or I'll share what they tell me. <laughs> you, you've been in the wrong bathroom stall. <laughs> um, what I would say, I think it was normal, like around 15, 16, that kind of thing. But we were never... We I never dated like steady heavy. That no. We would always go out as groups. But and you were younger thing. than that when you had your first crush on a boy or 
boy had oh, a crush Oh, my first on you. crush. That was yeah. probably more like 12 or 13. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And tell me, judging as the mother of a middle schooler, they're squealing earlier and earlier about those boys. I, I was going to say, I just, I just love it that you've got a daughter now. <laughs> oh, you and my dad talking about revenge all oh, the time. Revenge is sweet. That's <laughs> well, my dear, what's going on with the news? Well, let's start with headlines that actually take us behind those masks. So you had the little ghosts and goblins knocking last night. It was trick-or-treat, snow on the feet, and a record set in Eau Claire. In fact, we've had snow uh, before on Halloween, yes, but only three times. And in fact, the National Weather Service did say 2.1 inches of snow in Eau Claire yesterday was enough to break the previous record of two inches, which was set in 1932. So it was definitely one to remember for the little kids. And now as we turn that calendar page into November, just a reminder there as well that that alternate side parking restriction takes effect, and that'll start today, November 1st, and run through May 1st. We pull out of the parking spot and uh, merge into some headlines on the state level, and that puts us at the campus level with Governor Tony Evers and I filing a lawsuit against Republican legislators. Evers is challenging three instances in which he claims lawmakers have blocked basic government functions, the most recent blocking already approved pay raises for universities of Wisconsin employees. Sounded like this from the governor's desk. At the end of the day, when we tell 35,000 Wisconsinites to stick it, you're not going to get your raise until whatever, until we negotiate something. That's not in law. You can't do that. And so that's why we made this. That's why we're suing. And uh, that's why we're going to win. Assembly Speaker Robin Voss held up UW pay raises over that DEI, or Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion funding, said the lawsuit filed by Evers would eliminate pay raises approved last week to most state employees. Just a note for open enrollment period, individual health insurance in the state starts today for that enrollment. Governor Tony Evers wanted to remind residents to look into options for existing but new plans before January 15th. Well, we're used to seeing the construction orange even as the white stuff falls and city officials in Eau Claire have decided to join an intergovernmental agreement to widen the county's Highway T corridor. Eau Claire and Chippewa counties have also joined the regional compact for the project with city officials saying it would be the biggest project in the area since Highway 53 was completed. Under the plan, Highway T would expand from two-lane road to four lanes along with the corridor that stretches from the North Crossing in Eau Claire County to Highway 29 in Chippewa County, so quite a big project and you can look at about 2027 before you see ground breaking for that. And we better head back to the barn where we've already broken the ground and probably some of the rules as well with Bob Bolsel than your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. And then I've got to ask you, mm-hmm. do you remember when you first kissed a boy? No. You... <laughs> I don't think I do. Oh, I think we're probably talking back to the playground. Oh, yeah. I, I would say. What about you? Where was your eighth first? Eighth grade. I remember eighth, eighth grade. Really? Yeah. You, it was I, the first boy-girl party we ever had, and I really didn't know I had a girlfriend. <laughs> you did after she kissed you. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it works <laughs> in eighth grade. What was that all about? <laughs> after a while, I thought, that wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll keep that on the books. Oh, boy. A little spin the bottle action? Oh, I don't know what it was, but I remember the kiss. It was... I bet she does, too, with a different story to tell. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but she's not around to tell us. Uh, she's way off out east someplace. Like I said, you're dressed as a handsome devil, oh, no matter boy. the day, right? <laughs> See you later. Hey, I bet, Bob. There goes Morgan. In the newsroom this morning, we're going to Indianapolis because FFA convention is underway, and Jill is down there, and our program's... From the FFA, brought to you by three great financial institutions, Ag Country Farm Credit Services, focused on ag, focused on you. Also, Compere Financial, providing lending and risk management tools to agriculture and rural communities. 
and proud supporters of the FFA. And, of course, the Citizen State Bank and Loyal, your full-service, locally-owned community bank specializing in financing Wisconsin's agriculture. Visit or call one of their locations in Loyal, Grant, Nielsville, Spencer, or Marshfield. Citizen State Bank of Loyal, proud supporters of the FFA, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Let's find out what's going on in Indianapolis. So we're down at the National FFA Convention in Indianapolis, and I just got done with the luncheon. And lucky me, got to sit next to somebody that has a part in FFA, but was never an FFA member, Sarah Billman. She's the Director of Visitor Experience for Hamilton County Tourism. You guys set up some tours for FFAers. What do you do? I serve on the local organizing committee. I represent Hamilton County, which is just north of Indianapolis. I love Hamilton County and the mashup with FFA convention. Because we're the suburbs, we have the city life, but we also have the agriculture and the farm life. And so there's so much opportunity. So the career success tours are set up throughout the central part of Indiana. Students are bused from the convention center downtown Indianapolis to a business or organization that somehow relates to agriculture. And so my job is to connect with those businesses and organizations in Hamilton County that could relate to the FFA convention and the tours. And how many years have you been setting up these tours? I've been setting up these tours ever since FFA came back to Indianapolis. So I was part of um, the group where we placed the bid, again, a very small part of the group that placed the bid for um, FFA to come back to Indianapolis. I remember going down to Kentucky for a site visit, seeing the convention play out there, um, and ever since then have been kind of been the liaison with Hamilton County and the convention with the career success tours. You've done these tours. What have you seen with these chapter members out on these tours? Do you think they get a lot out of it? So the career success tours in Indianapolis, there is a range. We have Dandy Breeze Creamery. He is a retired school teacher turned dairy farmer. And I think the students love to see how, you know, a hobby can suddenly become a retirement gig or more than that. And by the way, Dandy Breeze Creamery has the best milk, in my opinion. Um, And he is sold in local shops and grocery stores. Um, His product is throughout the area. And I think students probably love to see, again, how you can be a teacher, but then you can also be a dairy farmer. They go to Beck's Hybrid Seeds, and that is an amazing tour in itself. That's a huge production, and that opens their eyes to the fact that you can be a farmer, you can be in agriculture, you can be in science, but there's also a whole marketing division to everything. There's a business side to this. There's a sales component um, to selling the seeds and forming those relationships, and uh, it's just, it's mind-blowing, and I think it's really cool that their eyes get opened to more than an animal or more than um, a grain or a crop. Um, there's so much that goes into the industry. Those seeds and those crops, there's so much more than there used to be. Is that what a lot of the students come out saying? I think so, yes, and I think the technology side of things, too, is mind-blowing with the GPS systems and the precisions and, and even the drones and the equipment and how all of that's changed. Down here at the National FFA Convention. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. So today is day one of the National FFA Convention down in Indianapolis, and Joe will have more reports again. We want to thank... 
our sponsors of our reports from the National FFA Convention. And if you work with these folks, say thank you for uh, bringing the convention a little closer to home. Ag Country Farm Credit Services, Compere Financial, Citizen State Bank in Loyal. 19 degrees, we'll get 38 today. We've got markets next. It's time for our Pioneer Program. I've got Ryan Bates, field agronomist in northwest Wisconsin. Combines are busy out in the fields harvesting. And those corn yields, what are you seeing out there? Surprises out there. You know, our sand ground, you know, it's not overly impressive, but talking to a lot of guys, there's a lot of questions of, you know, with limited rainfall, where'd this yield come from? Good pioneer genetics always go a long ways as well. But uh, I think, you know, we had low disease pressure. We had early dry spell, all those roots to get deeper, maybe pick up some nutrients. Field reports starting to come off that were easily over 200 on some field averages in the 230s, 240s, and coming off and some high management is showing off. Stocks are getting iffy, and it's time to get that crop off. Last week with all the rain, things are drying out. Dry down rates are really slowing down, so I encourage you guys to to get after things here as, as soon as you can. And that's another Fall Pioneer program with Ryan Bates, field agronomist. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And remember, the crack of dawn will change after this weekend because we go off daylight saving time back to regular central standard time as Saturday night into Sunday. Let's go to the market. What happened at Altoona yesterday? Here's Jim Lindsay to tell us. Choice beef steers, Neffers dollar fifty to a dollar seventy-five. Choice dairy cross steers, Neffers dollar fifty to a dollar seventy. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers, a dollar fifty-five to a dollar sixty-two. Choice Holstein steers, dollar forty-five to a dollar fifty-four. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers, a dollar forty-four and down. Top twenty percent of the cow cows sold from ninety-eight to a dollar fourteen. We had a top of a dollar fifteen. Sixty percent of the cows sold from seventy-five to ninety-seven. The bottom twenty percent of the cows sold from seventy-four and down. Organic market from Tuesday, eighty percent of the organic cows sold from a dollar twenty-five to a dollar. 45. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from $1.24 and down. Coal bulls sold from $90 to $1.18. Thin, full, horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound up Holstein bull calves sold from $250 to $420 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $250 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $250 to $650 per head. Our next special feeder sale is this Friday, November 3rd. We will be featuring bred beef cows on this sale. All feeder sales are live on Kettle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Kettle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Hey, let's get over to Equity Stratford. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. You get all plowed out, Jerry? Well, uh, good morning to you, Bob. Uh, yes, Mother Nature took care of that real nice. Oh, that's a good thing. So you can, uh, everybody get the cattle to market. How how many did they get to market? How did it go uh, yesterday? All right. It's already Wednesday, so we better tell the folks about what's going on here at Equity Stratford this week. Bob, thank you, and good morning, everyone. A summary from yesterday, Tuesday here at Stratford. That's organic market day on Tuesday. Uh, High-yielding, good qualified, good 
certified organic cows yesterday. Uh, we're selling from 138 to 148 and a half. Low yielding organic cows, 135 and below. On the uh, regular market cows yesterday, high yielding fleshy Holstein cows on yesterday's auction, selling from 97 to a dollar 10. Most of the cows uh, yesterday and this week so far are selling between 70 and 96. Uh, pin cows below 70. On the bull trade, your better quality bulls are at 104 to 118. Lighter weight bulls a uh, dollar and below. A summary on the calf market so far this week: good quality Holstein bull calves, mostly from 200 to 400, up to 450 on Monday. Uh, good quality beef calves continue to be very strong, 350 to 650, uh, 660 top. That was on Monday. Also, we have a big day here today at Stratford. Today, get underway bright and early this morning uh, with market the auction. We'll sell the conventional type market cows, fed cattle this morning, along with uh, market bulls, sheep, hogs, and goats. Big feeder cattle sale today that will start at 12:30. Of course, the feeder cattle today. Will be highlighted by the uh, complete herd dispersal of uh, certified organic black Angus cattle, uh, of black Angus cows in this herd, along with the heifers. And again, that will be at 12:30 or thereabouts as we get going here. We've got a lot of other feeder cattle consigned for the sale today. A lot of organic beef cross steers. A lot of them are going to weigh oh, mostly from about 300 all the way up to 11. And most of these are consignments are going to be organic. We do also have some non um, non organic cattle, a traditional black Angus cattle. So you folks in feeder cattle business today, uh, whether you're looking for organics or just the straight stuff, we'll have a lot of cattle today at uh, 12.30 start time for that feeder sale today here in Stratford. So, Bob, the weather looks pretty good. Yeah, the sun came out yesterday nice, um, melted everything pretty much off. Uh, yeah, there's some snow here in the places the sun didn't get to it, but it got to be a kind of a nice day, but uh, uh, we probably had... I don't know, close to three inches. So Yeah, I know. It uh, got a lot of snow, a lot more than I actually thought was going to fall. But it'll be gone, so you don't have to worry about it. You can go cut more wood. We'll let you do that, and we'll talk to you in the morning. Well, yeah, that's on the. That's uh, maybe we'll just take the day off though, and because oh, okay. we got you know we got quite a bit of candy left. So anybody wants to stop in, we got some candy left. <laughs> oh, that's good. A good invitation from Mister Fitzgerald over there in Halder in Marathon County. Stop and see him. And again, Synergy Co-op, your TYM dealer over there in Ridgeland. Synergy Co-op bringing us the markets. Board of Trade, corn and beans were slightly higher yesterday. Nothing for the traders to get too excited about. But wheat was low, the lowest prices at the close in two years as the winter wheat crop in, in the uh, country looks pretty good. Overnight, December corn up a fraction at 4.79. The oats down 3 at 3.86. December wheat up 2 cents from yesterday's close, sitting at 5.58. March beans down two at thirteen twenty-two. Soybean meal down a dollar a ton for December at four hundred and thirty dollars. And uh, taking a look at some of the prices at the country elevators today in Loyal, new crop corn four thirty-four, beans twelve oh seven, Arcadia corn four thirty-four, beans twelve twenty. Over in uh, Chippewa Falls, the corn is four twenty-four, the beans twelve twenty, and at Connorsville four twenty-nine and twelve ten. On the DTN screen at Golden Plump. Corn is 446 a bushel. At Baldwin Elevator, 429 on the corn, 1218 on the beans. At uh, Durand and Fall Creek, corn's 424, beans 1208. Mondovi, 429 and 1213. And at Elmwood, 434 on the corn, 1218 on the beans. And on an Osseo, we've got 439 for the corn, 1218 on the beans. Elk Mound has corn at 424, beans 1223. Sparta, 427 on the corn, 1201 on the beans. And at Ellsworth, 419 and 1208. Ethanol plants today, Boyceville corn, 438. Stanley, 434. New Richmond, 429. Barrel cheese up a half, 165 and a half. Blocks down three at 168 and a half. 
Butter down two cents, three twenty-eight. October class three up a penny yesterday as October will come off the board. Sixteen eighty-seven. The trade yesterday. Later on today, we'll find out the actual October class three, the official price. November down a dime, seventeen nineteen. December down thirteen at seventeen oh five. January and February both down eleven, seventeen thirty-two for January, seventeen seventy-one for February. And again, we'll get about thirty-eight degrees today. And cloudy. We're starting out about. 20 degrees right now. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.